Hey everybody, Ray Bram here. Welcome to the podcast that will help you increase the income and influence of your book, Beyond Royalties. Book Profit Secrets with Ray Bram starts now. Hey everybody, Ray Bram, welcome back to another amazing session. I'm with Glenn Kowalski and Glenn is an ex-software engineer, kind of like me who said, screw the commute, move to Panama, and now helps business owners get their message out without worrying about being canceled or censored. He's a fierce freedom lover who believes that freedom of speech should be a core human right and is fundamental to living a life outside of tyranny. Couldn't agree more. Glenn, welcome aboard. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Ray. I'm so super honored to be here. So let's give us the, uh, I mean, I'm particularly interested in the uh, the move to Panama and all that, but give us a 30,000 foot view of how you got to this get out of Dodge, get to Panama and doing what you're doing now. Yeah. So, I mean, it started quite a number of years ago now, but I used to work at, uh, I was a software engineer, like you said, I was working at Microsoft. And while I was working at Microsoft, I was just sort of, I'm originally Canadian. So I'd moved a little bit south to move to the U.S. to move to, to work at Microsoft. But um, after about eight, nine years there, 10 years there, I was starting to look at other things and other places to go. And I started up um, a little real estate uh, flipping company. We were buying houses, renovating them, started a construction company uh, doing that, but was still looking at other places to go and, you know, looking at the sort of the normal places, Thailand, Philippines, and Panama came up in a search. And this was like 14, 15, actually it would have been 15, 16 years ago. And back in those days, not a lot of people knew about Panama yet, but it was up and coming. And my sort of original goal was to move my construction company, move my construction company down to Panama. Panama was booming. Uh, expats were starting to move there. Looked like a great place to start up my real estate company again. And that was kind of the goal I was working on and working towards. And then 2008 happened. This was 2006, 2007 when I started looking. And then in 2008, the housing crisis struck. Um, I had left Microsoft, had just left Microsoft to, to focus on the construction and stuff full time. And the the housing crisis struck in 2008. We were working on a big waterfront project, dumped everything that I had into it, and it essentially crashed and burned. The bank that we had gotten a loan through was one of the banks that died and wasn't actually bailed out. They got bought out by another company who wanted the mortgage payments on it to be seven times higher, I believe, than what they were originally supposed to be. And essentially, I just lost everything that I had dumped into it and decided if I was going to start over, well, I wanted, might as well start over where I wanted to be, which was in Panama. And so my wife and I decided, let, let's just go for it and move down here. We had to figure out a way to sort of earn a living. And st- online marketing was the thing that kind of struck. I mean, it made a lot of sense where if we could market online, we didn't want to work in the local market so much. The wages weren't very high. Starting a business when we didn't speak Spanish was difficult, but we could start in the online marketing space and start a business there. And so we started a business in, it started with SEO. And we started doing SEO for companies. We started building some websites for companies for advertising on like Craigslist and getting quite a a fair amount of business from that. Uh, Didn't really know how to charge, but we started working in this online space. And as we were doing that, it started to really sort of grate on me that we were, here we were living and working in Panama, but I still had to pay taxes in the US and file taxes in the US. So that really sort of, there was, it just sort of bothered me and it just, because that bothered me, I started doing research and that kind of got me involved more in like liberty movements and what was going on with liberty. I started to meet a lot of people who put out like offshore information. There's a bunch of different ones, Sovereign Man, a bunch of these guys who were talking about how they had escaped the US system. And I really kind of got interested in that that whole sovereignty, freedom, freedom space, freedom and liberty, and just kind of 
setting up a life where you can do what you want when you want, as long as you're not bothering anybody else. And that's kind of the path we went on. Well, as I was doing the, because I was in those circles, we started to pick up clients in that space. I started working for a, a strategic metals and precious metals company doing the marketing for them. And the people who buy gold are the people who believe that the US dollar isn't as strong as others do. So, so they tend to be a lot more freedom focused as well. And you tend to be around a lot of the same kind of people. Uh, the gold people sort of migrating into the crypto pe- the crypto people, the Bitcoin people, a lot of them came out of that same audience. So we started to hang around more and more with those people and started to move more into sort of what really got me interested in marketing in the first place, which was direct response and ended up working in direct response in a for a financial newsletter that was very much in the freedom space, uh, very much anarcho-capitalist, like so way over. Um, into um, no governments. And it just sort of brought me into that and made me just sort of realize more and more about how important freedom was, how important freedom of speech was, and how we were kind of hated by the establishment because of it. And they were trying to shut us down, start to see more and more businesses and people losing their businesses and realizing that there was, in order to get our message out, to get this message out, people needed help to actually get that out without actually being canceled. You know, and even if, because it fits the... Obviously, there's different levels of, I guess, freedom, thoughts, and and who you follow. And you know, I'm a I'm a fan of Sovereign Man. I'm in their um, total access program. You know, so we, we got a lot of common there. But it's really we have the same in common as people just say, "I just want freedom from my job or a freedom from a boss," <laughs> right? Or, or we, you know, can we start there? And you know, you're you're the epitome of like, okay, that that's the dream. That might take me a couple of years, but how do I get there? You know, can I start preparing for that right away? And, you know, I think that's what you help people with. That's what this is. This summit's all about is let's very first thing is give you freedom of a boss income and maybe geography, which is what you, you, you just, yeah, you, your, your description is like, God, that's the dream, you know, getting out, you know, being, there's a lot you can do when you're geographically independent. Yeah. There's the, the, I mean, you know, the whole tax thing's a, it's a scam to begin with, but, uh, and I'm a, you know, I'm a fan. We've spent, it's been in, in five or six years, but we've spent multiple, multiple trips in Panama. Obviously we've got a bank account there. We've got, uh, we've been to the Anton Valley. We've been to Bocas del Toro and you know, yeah, there's, there's Spanish speaking, but so l- let's talk about that. We, okay. We're going to step back and say, okay, we want to get this kind of, what's, what's the first step of freedom. So, you know, based on your story what you know what, what's the first steps people should take to kind of get move in that direction i mean the number one step you have to figure out is well i mean there's a couple and, and some of them are going to happen in parallel but the biggest thing that really what you need to do everybody needs to do is figure out your financial situation as about you know you may be somebody who doesn't care that much about money you may be somebody who wants to be you know independently wealthy that doesn't really matter the level that you want to be at. But in order to have that flexibility and that freedom, you do have to put food on the table. You do have to, there's certain expenses that you're going to have to cover. We, we all need a standard of life. Everybody's standard of life desires is different, but we all need that. And that means really one of three things. You either have to be independently wealthy or and retired or retired. So really those are kind of the same thing. You either have to be able to just live on your savings or you need to be able to earn an income. Most of us have to earn income still. So you have to figure out what can we do to actually earn an income that gives us the mobility and the freedom that we want. And whether that's a freedom from not having to commute to an office through traffic for four hours, or whether that's the freedom to live on a beach in Panama or 
Malaysia or wherever that, Bali, wherever that happens to be, you want to be able to pick that up and be able to move it. And, and, and for me, the ultimate freedom is being able to, to do that. And the ultimate is being able to move it because, you know, when you're in your 20s, maybe you want to hop to a different country every two weeks. You should be able to do that. You know, hop on a plane, go to another country, start up and, and just move, move that business wherever you want and, and just be able to go. Once you get into your 30s and 40s and 50s, that may stay. But a lot of us, we get married, we settle down, we have kids. A lot of us want to more of an anchor. So you want to be able to have something that you can anchor, but that anchor should be planted where you want it, whether that's in Mexico, whether that's in Panama, Costa Rica, any of these places, you want to be able to still plant that anchor, be able to make the income that allows you to live in that place. But if you decide that you're bored one year, three years, five years, 20 years, you want to be able to pack that up and be able to move it again. So I think the number one step really is finding a the type of income that's mobile. And how do you do that? You do that by thinking about your skills, thinking about what you know, what you're passionate about, and what people will pay for, and, and kind of just finding the intersection of those three things. You know, what am I what am I good at? What am I passionate about? And what am I, what will people pay for? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the appeal. And that is great because it, it all starts with, you know, I guess that's Simon Sinek, right? Start with why, you know, why are you doing it? And what, what do you want to do? What's the, you know, as far as you go, how do you help people do that? What's your kind of your role in that? Yeah. So, so with me, it's obviously, we, we talked a little bit about the, the, the transition there, but right now, what we really saw happening over the last few years is that businesses were being silenced. They were being shut down. They were being shadow banned. They were being canceled. And this has always happened. It's not even something that's always been controversial. I mean, I know people with guitar companies who have gotten advertising bans for life. So that's kind of where it started was really with advertising. But it over the last few years, especially, this cancel culture has become what I, I like to call the disease. And, and maybe that's, that's harsh, but I'm a, a harsh guy, I guess. But it's become this disease where if you say anything that's not in line with the official narrative that's not sort of sanctioned by the whoever the powers that be, uh, the big tech, the big five, we call them the big tech monopolies who all have very similar views on social issues, different issues. So if you have an opinion that's not in line with those, you're very likely to be canceled. And we were seeing that. There was sort of a theory that it was happening. It started as a theory, but then we started seeing it happening by the thousands. People that I worked with either as clients or people that we just worked with within the industry, we saw them losing their YouTube accounts. We saw them losing their Facebook accounts. We saw them losing email for email providers were canceling people if they talked about cryptocurrency, something that you know I'm clearly very passionate about. So people would, would cancel it if you were looking at cryptocurrency. If your political or your social views didn't line up, they would cancel your business or take away your social media. And it, it started with, like I said, it started with advertising move very rapidly into social media, but it began to spread because of the, the big tech conglomerates, they own so much power. And if you don't think they have the power and they don't think you can take your entire business away, imagine you have an online business that's relying on hosting. Your hosting can be taken away at any time. Don't believe me, look what happened to Parler because they supported Trump at the time, which was was sort of the big um, danger buzzword at the time. And so they actually canceled this big social media company because none of the big sport, big techs wanted to support them. And they all actually got together. This has been proven now that they actually got together and made it a concerted effort to actually shut down their business. You see it on a smaller scale with, with tons of individuals, tons of in, independent news sites. We're losing it. And 
it became this environment where a opinion started getting labeled as misinformation. Opinion got twisted around so that if you didn't have the right opinion, you could lose your business. So what we did, because we were looking at it with our own clients, is said, okay, how do we actually fight back against this? How do we fight back against this cancel culture? And in a way that you can still get your message out because so many people were changing their message. They were watering down what they wanted to say. They were not expressing honest opinions because they felt their their honest opinions would get them in trouble. They were really softening their message to kind of appease this this culture that's been taking over. And so, we, yeah, we started looking at you know different ways to combat this. How how do we combat, for example, how do we combat getting canceled from social media? Well, we start working with the social the centralized social media networks that don't censor. And the big sort of overarching theme that we found was the key is really owning your business. So many people and so many companies, especially in the online space, have been relying on others to really own their business. They rely on the social media companies to own their audience. They rely on their email automation provider to keep track of their list and hope that they never cancel them and keep their list. They you know, they rely on a host in a country that doesn't maybe agree so much with freedom of speech to host their website. And we said, okay, how do we take ownership of this back and began building systems in a way that we can take this ownership back so that these things can never be taken away from us? Yeah, it's such a great point. And it really doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe. You just, you, it's, it's, should, are you allowed to believe it? So. <laughs> You know, I, I think it's critical. And, and what I like about what you said is just taking ownership of your business. And I don't know if you've ever owned a franchise. You know, my my delve into real estate was a franchise. And it was, the, you know, the guys that started were nice, but this, they sold the whole franchise system to this big conglomerate. And then they were like, you know, I, I was happened to be getting out at the time. But, you know, it's kind of like that. If if you're if you're monetizing YouTube, they own your business, not you, right? I mean, yeah. they can shut you off at any time and then your income's. If exactly. you're in a franchise, you know, they can essentially, we looked at our contracts. Us, we were, there was, I was one of the first five adopters in this franchise. And, uh, we go back and look at the contracts and they started sending out the contracts of basically new contracts every five years. And it started saying, we own all your clients. I mean, they basically said that. Okay. And that's what these, that's how Facebook and YouTube are. So they, we own your clients. If you want to access to them. And then it, it became this kind of like, if you want to, post something that all of your followers see, you got to pay us. You got to use your ads, right? Oh, and by the way, we might shut down your ads for no good reason, or we'll certainly shut it down if you don't have the group think that we think you should have. So, you know, I think it's all pretty critical. And, uh, you know, the, I, I, to me, this is one of the things you just kind of think through. You know, I, I think if you go in blindly and say, I'm going to create a Facebook page and a Facebook group, I don't even need a website. Well, guess what? One person at Facebook can shut you down. They don't like you. And so it's, it's kind of this whole process of, of just thinking things through as you're building it. And, you know, some people like me that this, a lot of this kind of came about midway through as I'm building things, I've got things that are exposed, you know, that I could be shut out of. slowly been moving. You know, I've got backup systems, you know, ideally I'd have like a backup website on a different platform ready to go in case this one shuts me down. And do I have, you know. You know, it's, it's a backup email system and I've got, I've got multiple email systems. I could send emails to if I had to, but it's not, it wouldn't be without stress. And obviously to me, it would be like, do you have a backup credit card processor? Do you have a backup? You know, I'm, I'm hoping they come up with a backup to PayPal because that, that's getting <laughs> scary. So, you know, that I, I, that's what I really like about all this. And so let, let's talk here as we're wrapping up, 
I, you know, I think we, we've just skimmed the surface, but you're doing a whole summit on this topic. That's if you're watching, depending when you're watching this video, but if you're watching it during our summit, this is coming soon. And if not, you'll, you'll have access, but we'll put the link below here, but where, tell us about that a little bit. Where can they go to get more information on this? Cause I think it, you know, this, this applies to everybody, regardless of which side of the thought system you're on, unless you're all for canceling and censorship, then maybe it's. But other than that, maybe not. I, and even that, I just can't like any business. I mean, it's so easy to, to just, you just get on the wrong side of the wrong person. Some, and somebody else in your business, you said, I mean, you it, it doesn't even have to be political, right? I mean, that's why I got out of real estate because the local, the state real estate, they could shut my business down anytime they want. And I'm like, I have to yeah. be, you know, I spent 10 years in that business. I had to, I'm like, I can't stay in here. I don't want to be subject to, it's not really my business if they can just shut it down. And so it doesn't really matter. It's, it's about, Getting all your, like you say, getting all your assets into, you know, somewhat of a protected eco, your own ecosystem, your own, you know, owning your own business, like you mentioned. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Tell us about the yeah. the summit you got ready. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Owning your own set assets. And that's, so yeah. So we have a summit that's coming up and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about is how to own your own assets, whether that be owning your own email list and really owning it by owning it. I mean, like not just relying on it provider to manage that list for you by owning the, the backups like you talked about owning in our case we talk about like actually owning your entire automation system which is something we'll talk about like how you can own your own version of like a, a, a have an automation email system where you actually own the system itself uh, we talk about different jurisdictions that you can work with that are maybe more freedom of speech friendly than others we'll talk about more a lot of the online business aspects, like how to create products that you own. A lot of influencers, they they rely on just their outreach and their influence through YouTube ad strategies. So by creating your own products, you can that gives you ownership because now you own the assets of those products. So we go through a really wide range of this decentralized PayPal alternatives. We talk about PayPal has been a big sticking point for me, especially since I talked about the the fining that they that, that they were implementing. Um, so alternatives to PayPal and Stripe and all these cryptocurrencies, all of these things. So we're going to be talking about that. You can find more details at renegadesummits.com forward slash commute. Uh, I decided to keep it easy with the screw the commute summit. I thought about using renegadesummits.com forward slash screw and I thought that just didn't feel right. So we went with a slash commute and um, you can learn all about um, what's going on there. Um, we also have some other freebies and stuff that you can get if you're interested in kind of learning how we, we sort of systemize this whole process. Well, I think the appeal, at least it should be, at least to me, it's like my ears popped up like, okay, what are the alternatives to PayPal, Stripe? I, I would go for that. I would go for, you know, any decentralizing and, and the idea of creating your own uh, platform and, and so forth. You know, you, you tell me, but a good test to me is like, go into your CRM right now. Can you download a CSV? I don't want to have to do that like manually, but can I even do it? Some of them, it's like, it's hidden. They don't want you moving off to their, well, you don't want me moving off, but you also don't, you know, you want to keep me trapped here, but you can shut yeah. me off. And, and, and some of these platforms, I won't mention names. I mean, they, they're, they're putting their little banner, you know, woke banners and stuff on there. It's like, I, I'm out of here. Yeah. It's a total, like an ownership thing, like all in ones, a lot of these all in ones. And I love all in ones are so convenient, but when they completely own everything you do and can turn you off, that's a really scary position to be in. I don't care what your opinions or your business is just having that lack of autonomy is is frightening yeah you know and i i always try to keep things simple but at some point you're gonna in order to have redundancy you're gonna have some comp you know i i've got videos in multiple places i've got my courses you know i could 
take a new platform and I'll create a course probably in an hour or you recreate a course in an hour. If I have to, I've got courses in multiple places. So there is some, you know, it's made its life a little more complicated. And some of that was done just out of, you know, ease of use for affiliates. I'd moved over here all in one still works for this. Um, but that anyway, that list of things that you mentioned for the, the renegade summit is pretty cool. So if you want to do that, check out, register for that summit. We'll have the link below and, uh, Glenn, awesome stuff. Thanks very much. Yeah. I think it's eye opening. It's one of the things people don't consider. It's just like, hurry up. I got to get a course and all this stuff. And it's a lot harder to, to fix this stuff later than if you just start with this mindset of like, I, I want to keep ownership. I want to keep everything that's nobody can shut me off. You do that from the beginning. It's a heck of a lot easier. So it is. Yeah. So much easier to do when there's one, only one or two piece, pieces than when there's a thousand moving parts. Right. For sure. You've created years worth of stuff. And then you're like, oh, how do I do this again? And so anyway, awesome stuff. Glenn, thank you very much. Everybody, thanks for watching, and we will see you on the next session. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Book Profit Secrets. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said if he had six hours to chop down a tree, he would spend the first four sharpening his axe. That's what this podcast is meant to do. That's also what we do on our site, our companion site, ray.fm. So check us out there and sharpen your axe, increase your influence, income, and audience. We'll see you next time.